it shows that he really loved the subjects that he was painting. This is what I, I, I think is so fascinating about him is he really appreciated the common person. He really looked at their aspect of life. Every detail is so carefully painted. And to think, he's not being paid for this. Like that, that's what kind of amazes me. He's kicked out of the Tuas Hall. He's not respected in the art world. You know, he's satirizing on the hypocrisy he sees in the government. And he's painting these lower class people, sometimes even slaves. And yet he puts such detail and affection in his art. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Happy Project Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cedric Skysetti, and to my left is the wonderful, beautiful Becky White, the founder of the Happy Project. And today we are just enjoying this wonderful day, and we're happy to just kick it with you guys and bring up a very interesting topic. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the the consternation growing in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so doing this. yeah, so every once in a while, Becky would put me on the spot and say, Hey, why don't you open up the podcast? I'm like, Oh, okay. Not that I'm scared to, but it's just like, I'm like, Oh man, I don't know how to open up the podcast. <laughs> like videos, I've said this before, videos is one thing, but like podcast is just, I don't know. Yeah, so. it's podcast is more chill. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. Back, I know. know. I'm still working on it. So, uh, yeah, that please be nice. forgiving <laughs> if that was a little <laughs> weird or awkward. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Yes. Uh, Happy Project Podcast, like Cedric said. And um, well, today we're going to move on to a different type of topic. I don't think we've yet like covered specific people on this podcast. Have we? Did we uh, ever not, cover anyone specific? Not to my recollection. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. So uh, today we're going to go way back in time. We're going to go all the way back to the Joseon dynasty, the late Joseon era. And we're going to talk about some artists. We're going to talk about some paintings. It's oh. going to be great. Yeah, super exciting. You know, I, I was thinking while I was researching mm -hmm. uh, the specific artists that we're going to be covering today. I was just thinking how awesome it is because I was finding a lot of parallels with what artists have done back in the day and also mm -hmm. what artists do today, um, wh whether it's painting, drawing, capturing different moments through ink or, or through uh, whatever means. And I was just thinking about the parallels between that and what I do, which mm -hmm. is filmmaking and capturing moments through video. And it's just really cool to think about the fact that that's what artists did in many ways back yeah. in the days. They just captured certain moments or if they froze time. And that's essentially what how I like to view what I do is I like to just capture moments. And I think, wow, I literally just froze history and just kept it, you know, for however long. So I, I, I'm very excited about what we're going to discuss today because it's because it's you all, see a little bit of yourself. Yeah, it all ties in together. Yeah, this person, uh, this artist we're discussing was very famous. Well, at the time, not celebrated contemporarily. But in modern times, when we look back at his work, we really celebrate it as somebody who captured the ordinary scene, just what life was like. And yeah, that's what you're doing with your yeah. film work. Yeah, that's what I like to think about. Because in 100 years... You're going to be a celebrated, famous... <laughs> 
artist. Well, yeah, I mean, that's very kind of you. Like, I wasn't going to say that. But of I was 2020, say- the greatest artist of our time. <laughs> yeah, so I guess in 2120, yeah, my yeah. stuff will still be out there. If YouTube will still exist, it'll still be there. And my great grandkids will be able to look at how cringy the videos are and the technology is. You know? They'll be like... <laughs> 4k <laughs> <laughs> i know right what is that yeah they're gonna be like what 100k it's just gonna like, be cool yeah wow. it's gonna be augmented reality I that's gonna be the norm who's gonna watch these videos you know i really wonder if they're gonna be like listening to this podcast in history class mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's like, very very much possible this is what technology was like way yeah. back then the short <laughs> microphones yeah, well, I mean, that's essentially what we're doing today. But we're going to go way, way, way back in time. So here's our traveling back in time effect. Here we go. Oh, wow. Hey, look, here we are in the Joseon wow. Dynasty era. Hundreds of years ago. In Korea. At the time, it was just one country. No north, no south, just Korea. And the Joseon Dynasty was about like 1390 until, uh, well, Essentially, till the the last emperor, and when Japanese occupation happened in 1910, mm-hmm. so Joseon Dynasty lasted a really, really long time, like hundreds of years, and it was a very celebrated era. It was kind of a late Joseon era, especially with the last two kings, was uh, kind of like the Renaissance of mm-hmm. Korea. Yeah artwork and then we have the the burgeoning middle class was appearing and people were more into the arts and uh intellect and poetry so this is where a lot of the famous artwork that we'll see still today in museums in korea came from the late joseon dynasty period and that's the time that that's that's where you are right now (laughs) we're we're in the past and uh we're here you already forgot yeah you know, i was like past. what, what like, is she talking about what is that? <laughs> yeah we're in the past now and so we're in the late joseon era and we're going to talk about one of the three big painters of the joseon kingdom they were kind of like the three ones tanwan hyewon and Uwan. and today we're going to focus primarily on hyewon or shinyunbok shinyunbok was uh the painter's name kind of like like, like a Sky stage City. name, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it like their... Uh, like I Sky guess City is your film name, right? Sure, your yeah. Your YouTube name. Yeah. So Heiwan was like their artist it's persona. It's like their brand, their artist brand. Wow, mm-hmm. look at that. There's so much you can learn from today's episode. Heiwan. So when we refer to this artist, either Heiwan or Shin Yunbok, it's the same person. So Heiwan was born in approximately 1758. We're not entirely sure of the timeline, because this person was, I mean, not not a very famous celebrated painter at his time. Right. It's only when we look back at his work, we start to really appreciate it. But at the time, he was actually quite controversial. And so uh, the only reason that we have some of the information on him is because his father and his grandfather, they were both royal court painters. And uh, Hewan did also grow up to be a painter, it seems to be. And he was a painter in the Doazal. Did you did you look up the Dohuasal? Uh so that just is, by chance. Yeah, I mean I just know that it was some sort of like uh I guess bureau of mm. painters or mm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like the government's artist department. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it. Like yeah. a court like court painters. Mm-hmm. And they would be commissioned to paint uh the king's portrait for example so if you see like in museums you have the king's portraits those were painted by royal right. painters in the Tohazal. and shin yunbok there's not really any um documentation of him actually being in the Tohazal, 
But there is the story that he was kicked out of Towazo because of his controversial paintings. Mm-hmm. So whether he was actually in it or not, but it's, I mean, it's fun to speculate that, oh, he was, a, he was so, you know, satirizing the government at the time. He was kicked out because of his big mouth and his bold paintings, right? right? So, um, so who was Shin Yunbo? Honestly, we can't really answer that question. Right. Yeah, not too, not too much uh, info, as we already mentioned. But mm-hmm. we do know that he comes from a family of painters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also very controversial at the time because of some of the types of paintings yeah. that he painted. Namely, uh, I guess, what they would consider erotic paintings. Yeah. I was trying to look up some of those paintings and, you know, we don't have all of his paintings, of course, only what was able to be recovered and uh, I guess restored. But (laughs) when I was looking at those erotic paintings, I'm like, that's so PG. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's G. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess at the time, because of the the standards of society, that was definitely a no-no. Yeah. Very taboo. Yeah. So I think um, he was controversial for that reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe, uh, and you can maybe jump in here, but maybe also because he did do a lot of paintings of everyday life yeah. or what they would call genre paintings. Mm-hmm. And these were just the modern day people because back in the day, a lot of the paintings were, again, sponsored or commissioned by the government. Mm-hmm. And it was to, I don't know if you would go so far as to say it's kind of propaganda or kind of feels like propaganda Ah, you know what i mean but they want to show the best and they want to show maybe the higher class and the the government in a very good light Mm -hmm. and so i mean who wouldn't i guess in in that position they don't want to show like their lower class and and maybe the peasants or slaves of society Mm -hmm. but i think um was a little bit more willing to paint i guess a true picture Mm. from his interpretation of society Mm -hmm. And so I think that wasn't really praised back in the yeah, day. Yeah, you hit it on the head, really. Um, so it's funny that you mention his erotic paintings. So what he was, so at the time, um, Confucianism was the culture, right? Extremely conservative about men, women, and relationships. You know, you did not portray men and women together in paintings. Um, I don't even think, like, especially in the royal court or young bans, that kind of thing. I guess courtship was a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you didn't really have dating, <laughs> kind of like what we have today. Um, and they had these erotic paintings called chunhua, where they had no artist signatures. They were passed around secretly. They were like, oh, get a look at this. Sounds familiar. Yeah, but they were paintings, right? But the interesting thing about Shin Yunbok is he signed his name on these paintings. So while other painters who would make these quote-unquote erotic paintings would not sign their name, he boldly mm. would sign his name on his artwork. Yeah. So that's how you could see like, whoa, what, what was he trying to say? A lot of his work was, um, well, he could, he was apparently very good at landscapes. He could even paint animals and people. But what he is really well known for is his realistic depictions of daily life, the lower classes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kizeng, and we'll, we'll mention Kizeng as well. And also painting, it, it says explicit, but in reality, if we compare it to today, it's definitely not. No. But things like lovers meeting under the moonlight. Right. Or, um, I, yeah, I guess things like that. Right. Right. Very like romantic kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I I guess the best way to put it is society, 
um, back then was ultra conservative mm-hmm. in their ideals, ideals and how they, I guess, ran society and how society was supposed to act. Mm. But of course, human nature, the reality is it didn't always go that way. Mm-hmm. You know, like people in high places were also prone to corruption mm-hmm. and abuse. And it just wasn't a perfect society. But I guess under the Confucianism uh, worldview, it's painted as more of a, lack of a better way of putting it, kind of a perfect mm. way to treat people or right. to look at people. Everyone has their place. Right. You know. you know, women, you respect the men and you respect the elders as well. Um, you know, I guess that's how you can kind of look it's at it. It's idealized. Yeah. It's far from a perfect worldview, of course, in right. practice. Right, but right. But that's the general idea. Yeah. So Shin Yun-bok or Hyewon was uh, painting really ordinary things and uh, portraying maybe forbidden subjects. And also he would paint kind of humorous or satirical paintings of the middle class or mm-hmm. yangban. They were like the bureaucrats. That's bureaucrats. They were like the upper class people, right? Yeah. Um, and he was basically showing their hypocrisy, their duality, how on the outside they look so good and you know they have everything set up. This is how order, this is life. But behind the scenes, they're actually corrupt. They're actually taking advantage of people. And um, he especially would portray women as his main subjects, which was definitely not, you know, part of Joseon artwork. You never portray women, especially in that kind of light. Right. And I guess on top of that, especially as a man, Mm -hmm. even some would maybe argue he wasn't, Mm -hmm. but who knows? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I think that was just, one of the things that just made him so different and yeah. and even just kind of shunned. Yes, mm-hmm. I would agree. It's so funny. I don't understand why people are so against painting women. Like when we see in Europe, in the Renaissance mm-hmm. happening in Europe, everyone loved painting women. That was mm-hmm. like the main thing. But apparently at this time, you know, painting women, especially women of the lower class like Kizang, this was very frowned upon. Like, why would you make them the main focus, right? Right. Yeah. Well, let's mention what Kizeng is briefly, just because his most famous painting is uh, of Kizeng, mm-hmm. Kizeng woman. So Kizeng, um, I really, really, really hate to use this comparison, but I think it will make a lot of sense for Westerners who are not more uh, like, um, what's the word, accustomed to like Korean history. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know about Keisha. Right? Mm, uh, right, which was in Japan. These were essentially like, I guess they were like official government prostitutes, right? Kizang is a little bit, was, was influenced by Geisha later on. But originally the Kizang were, they were part of the lower class, maybe the lowest class, mm-hmm. the lowest stratum. Mm-hmm. But they were educated and um, they were artists and entertainers. A lot of Kizang were known to be, uh, they would dress very beautifully, right? When they see those big hairstyles, the big hats and a certain type of hanbok, certain type of dress, you were aware, ah, that's a Kizang. And they were, a lot of them were respected and admired for their artistry, their right. ability to sing, their ability to entertain, sometimes even their needlework. Um, yet they were still lower class. So it's this weird dichotomy uh, inside the Kizang, these Kizangs who were, so low class, yet they flitted among the yang, yangban. They were with the upper crat, the, the upper class. Oh my God. <laughs> What's wrong with crat. my words today? <laughs> okay. 
Uh, but this is what the Giseng wore, and and uh, Shin Yunbok painted Giseng quite often. Right. You could see the way he painted them either as very confident sometimes in themselves or sometimes shy or, you know, flirting with an aristocrat if you look at some of his old paintings. So it's very fascinating that he chose Giseng as his centerpiece right. for a lot of his, his paintings. Right. And I'm, I'm just wondering why, I guess, the Giseng or the, the common people mm-hmm. just weren't painted at the time mm. like what was what was the intention for not wanting to show them was it because you know they're just not proud of that part of society or mm. is mm-hmm. kind of like what i mentioned before is it more so just wanting to show more of the upper class and more of the the positives in their sure. minds of society but kissing to me is kind of like they they cross over mm-hmm. in a sense because they are lower class yeah but they are respected because of I guess their education and their, yeah, their Mm -hmm. skill and their, uh, whatever, I guess they're specialized in, Mm -mm. you know, in, in terms of entertaining. Sure. When it comes to the painting, the subjects, why didn't they want to paint, you know, the ordinary thing? Well, at this time, um, especially during the time of Shin Yun-bok, this is where they had these two emperors. I can't remember the exact names, but they were known to be very open-minded and appreciating of the arts. And so um, Korea was starting to open up to trade with Japan and Korea. And then we had the middle class, which was starting to grow more. So art, entertainment, kisangs. There was more money, right? It's becoming more popular. And wherever there's more money and you have, of course, upper class with power that's unchecked, a lot of embezzlement happening. Mm -hmm. And so we had all of this hypocrisy going on. The middle class was also growing, but art was starting to be more appreciated. But artists were never really of the higher level. They typically were commissioned by, if they were in the Toazal, right, the government's Bureau of Painters, then they were commissioned by these people with the money, these officials, Yangban, aristocrats. That's why they could ask them to paint whatever they wanted. Mm. So I imagine if you wanted to be a successful artist, there's no way you could live and just paint ordinary scenes. Who, who wants to see that, right. right? So that's why at the time, you know, his artwork was rather unpleasant. I guess that makes sense. In the mainstream painting world. Right. If you're going to put your, if you're going to invest in art and artists, mm-hmm. typically you're going to be the ones with power and money. You're mm-hmm. not going to want to invest in something that in their mind is mediocre. So I guess that would make sense from their perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. so, it's so fascinating when you look back at his work, because he, he uses a lot of bright colors, especially when he's painting women, which is fascinating um, and very delicate. His artwork is very delicate. Did you look at some of his paintings? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And like, what I've noticed, and actually there was um, a certain source that pointed this out. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, I wasn't the one to like, oh, just appreciating this fact. <laughs> uh-huh. But the the level of detail and like the the hair, yeah, that each stroke um, or each hair sort of had their own stroke, yeah. and so that must have taken forever. So that level of detail is to be appreciated. I think. I think it shows that he really loved the subjects that he was painting. This is what I, I I think is so fascinating about him is he really appreciated the common person. He really looked at their aspect of life. Every detail is so carefully painted. And to think, mm-hmm. he's not being paid for this. Like that that's what kind of amazes me. He's kicked out of the Hall. He's not respected in the art world. You know, he's satirizing on the hypocrisy he sees in the government. And he's painting these lower class people, sometimes even slaves. And yet he puts such detail and affection in his art. And it's so 
mesmerizing. And I think um, that's that's so fascinating. So you have to ask, who is this guy? You know, mm-hmm. wh- what was what was his point? Like, why did he want to paint these people? Literally like a woman and her daughter looking out the window at two cats, for example. Or, um, yeah, like a gizeng being carried down the street in an open cart. Like these very, very basic things. And he has so much attention to detail in the clothing and what an ordinary house might look like, um, people's outfits. It's so, it's very unique. And so there is a book, I can't remember the exact title, but essentially it loosely translates to um, the artist who loved women mm-hmm. and not in like a weird way. <laughs> that, yeah, that's another thing that separates Xinyun book from some other artists is um, like we mentioned before, there were those kind of um, like R-rated paintings, <laughs> quote <Yeah>. unquote, <laughs> being secretly spread around, right? right. But his work was never explicit. Like his work would show the whole story happening. There would be azaleas in full bloom and two lovers would be meeting under the tree. It's very romantic. It's Mm -hmm. not explicit, right? And so he seemed to show a very deep appreciation for women especially and for beautiful, lovely things. Even his artist name, Hyewon, which, uh, did we mention at the beginning, the artist names? Yeah, yeah. So Hewan, even his name itself meant a garden full of orchids. Mm-hmm. It's very feminine. Right. Yeah. And when I hear the name today, I, I wouldn't ever picture a man being named Hewan right. in Korea. I wouldn't either. Hewan is a female name. Right. Yeah. So then uh, if you are wondering right now, like, huh, I feel like I've heard this name before. Shin Yunbo, Hewan. Maybe it's because you watched the drama painter of the wind have you ever watched it i have not you know i i probably have seen clips or my mom has probably watched Mm. it uh because she has korean tv in the Mm -hmm. states and she used to watch those she's she's very much into those historical dramas yeah yeah so uh, i've probably caught glimpses of it but i've not to my knowledge i don't know if i've ever watched it i will admit this one was a drama i did watch and it was very uh, well, it's a historical drama, but it it plays on some it plays on the fact that we don't have much information mm-hmm. about this painter and his contemporary Tanwan. Did you did you have a chance to look up into anything about Tanwan? Uh, no, besides the fact that um, Tanwan, I guess, was uh, more superior mm-hmm. uh, to him as a painter. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. Yeah. Mm. The story of Painter of the Wind was originally a book by Yi Jong Myung and. Uh, well, Tanwan was Hewan's contemporary, but Tanwan was more famous. Tanwan was more celebrated, mm. and people obviously seemed to like his work more at that time. And uh, we can see that Hewan was very inspired by Tanwan's work. There are some similarities. So the story Painter of the Wind makes up the idea, and maybe it was true, but makes up the idea that Tanwan was Hewan's teacher. Hewan learned from Tanwan how to be an artist and that they eventually fall in love. Why? Here's the kicker. Hewan is actually a woman. Ooh. That's what the story implies. And if you look at Hewan's work, if you look at his paintings and his affection for painting women in a very like affectionate way, you have to wonder like how did he even get into those kind of situations as a man to be able to see women in such like a an intimate, intimate personal way? Maybe right. Hewan was a woman. Right. There was this one painting where, um, and I think you first mentioned it to me, mm-hmm. but then I looked it up. It was the painting of, 
like different women mm. who were like some of them were apparently bathing. Yes. And then like they, yeah. you know, some other women were doing some other things. Mm. And I think if I remember correctly, there were like two guys like peeking in. Oh, really? The, what, was maybe maybe <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> remembering this uh-huh. wrong but um so anyways yeah so i think things like that yeah because the sexes were definitely uh separated yes. back in the day yeah yeah um so the women would bathe uh publicly i think mm-hmm. you know maybe in the stream or something and the men were not obviously allowed to be in right. the vicinity so how could someone like hewan who is known to be a man yeah possibly How could he have access to such a scene to be able to paint it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. People do wonder that. And um, another one that's, I would say, his most famous of all is Portrait of a Beauty. Did you see Portrait of Beauty? Maybe Uh, I'll show you this one right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Kisang. We assume Mm -hmm. she's a Kisang, judging by her hair and her outfit. And uh, it's just her. And she's just standing there and she doesn't look scared. She doesn't look startled. She looks rather you know, like kind of like at peace with herself and she's fiddling with uh, her top. And so they speculate, is she about to take it off? Right. But if Heiwan is a man who's there watching her to paint her, why then would she take off her clothes in front of him mm-hmm. unless they're lovers? Wait, but that's strange. And because I mean, of their classes and, and maybe like she's not aware he's there, but I mean, that's also a little yeah, odd thing, a little being creepy. This, this portrait here. Right. Um, and so some people do speculate also, maybe Hyewon was a woman. I mean, that that is another possibility because we really don't have too much information more on him. So it's fun to uh, speculate about this. But if you are interested in seeing kind of like the ordinary person, you know, the ordinary life, people going to market, people, women chatting with each other, the clothing that they wore, what a kissing was like, um, and not in this romanticized, like perfect idealized way, mm-hmm. but really through the local eyes. I highly recommend looking up Hewan, Shin Yunbok's work. And Tanwon, of course, too. But Hewan, because, you know, that's who we're talking about. Right. But I really, um, I do admire his I guess we can't really say we know too much, but his free-spirited mindset towards art and um, how he was a part of that and how people can remember now what the Joseon dynasty was really like. Right. So it's, yeah, he's a very interesting character. I don't have any much, don't have too much more on him. I will say that you can see his genre paintings in the Gansong Art Museum in Songbokgu. So there uh, are about 30 of his paintings. At the And his paintings, those 30, this collection is called the 135th National Treasure of South Korea. Mm-hmm. So we now admire him. At the time, who knows? But today, we definitely remember him as leaving a mark on art and culture and history here in Korea. Well, that's it for Shin Yunbo, Hyewon. And uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about him, you can just check him out online. There's plenty to see. And if you want to watch that drama, Painter of the Wind, I also recommend that one. That's a fun one to see. So I don't have listener mail for today, but you guys can always get in touch at thehalfwayproject at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment below. Let us know which of uh, Heiwan's paintings is your favorite or if you have a favorite artist that you'd like us to check out. We'd love to see what that is. All right. That's it. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening, guys. We are The Happy Project. Happy Project.